0: Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We're so close to the season that we actually get to start previewing it with our positional power rankings today. We're going to kick it off with catchers right now, and it's going to be infinitely really interesting to see how we weigh defense and offensive differently.
1: I'm excited to get into this. We haven't actually discussed this yet, so I'm excited to see your reactions and my own reactions to these hot takes. Stevs, how are we doing? Uh,
2: I'm excited. Uh, I just know I'm going to say something, and Brad's just going to be like, well, you know, analytically, that makes absolutely no sense, Stev. So I- I'm just – I'm prepared for my takes to be torn apart by Brad.
0: I did my research.
2: I did my research too, but again, I, I weigh – And I test a lot more than I weigh advanced metrics.
0: I weigh actual statistics. So You see, Bradley, that's the difference. So do you guys just want to kick it off with like overall honorable mentions? Because we – okay, just to preface, I think the way we've figured out that we're going to outline this is we're going to have honorable mentions, and then we're each going to have our own power rankings, and we're going to try and make like a consensus one. Uh, We still haven't fully decided whether we're going to publish our own individual list or a consensus one, but our goal of this is to make an overall consensus power ranking for catchers. So we are having our top 10 as the power rankings and everyone else that doesn't fit that. Some get an honorable mention, some get mentioned, and some people play catcher on a major league baseball team. So I want to kick off with my, like, he's an honorable mention. I'd be shocked if he's in any of your list of Jose Trevino of the New York Yankees uh he's a great catcher all around he kicked off really well the beginning of last season offensively he was looking around the 800 ops line heading into the all-star game and then he took a really bad turn offensively after that where he his walk rate lowered from nine percent to about about three percent allowing his walk rate of the season to end at 4.2 percent which is pretty horrible um his bad ball profile also didn't look great with his expected stats not performing great he's below average hitter but his defense was fantastic uh He won the platinum glove in the the American League. And by every metric, statistically, he's just a great backstop. And even though in some positions like first base, like you'll hear about uh, later, you can get away with having a bad bat if your defense is really good as a catcher. And that's what Jose Trevino does.
2: I, I don't dislike that. Like I could say he's probably top fifteen. I I texted Tom about it yesterday, and I was like, "Where did you? Where were you thinking about him?" Because I wanted to hear Tom's opinion. He's like, "I didn't have him on mine either." I don't dislike it, but I I don't have him as an honorable mention either.
1: I I don't have him as an honorable mention, but you can put him in the good category. He's obviously not going to be cracking the top ten, but maybe top fifteen. I mean, he was all star last year, best defensive catcher in baseball. Um, but we just didn't see that much of him. And in his sliver of batting that we saw, uh, it was very underwhelming.
2: Uh,
1: um, so who, who, who
2: you yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Well, so we have to mention Salvador Perez. I think on any catcher's list for the last couple of years, you have to mention him. He's an honorable mention this year, in my opinion. Just last year, he did not perform up to standards of being a top ten catcher. Nor do I think going to his into his age thirty four season, he will perform at a high level.
1: Yeah, yeah I, think, I think, yeah, I think this is definitely a power threat. Um, especially coming back from um all the injury he dealt with last season, I think we're going to see a lot more consistent um statistics from him. Uh, I know he's going to be sharing time with MJ Melendez, and I'm not sure how much time he's going to actually see at the catcher's position, which is probably the reason why we didn't put him in our top ten. Um, if this guy was behind the plate every day, obviously we would be ranking him a lot higher. But he's just not the same defensive catcher he once was, and I don't think he's going to be playing at that defensive position. You right. had him as an honorable mention as well, right? Yeah, I had him yeah. as an
0: honorable mention. I think my issue with him is just looking at his profile from baseball. Saban, he doesn't walk at all. And that doesn't bode well for an aging catcher uh, who's going to start to see more and more time as a DH. Um, his yeah. barrel per plate appearance is the lowest as it, it was since 2017. And that's not great. Uh, his Obviously, he's he hits the ball ridiculously hard. And he's he's in the 91st percentile for hard hit rate, high expected slugging percentage, high average exit velocity. It's just when your season's separated between injuries, you can't get a consistent point of you're launching the ball too much, you're hitting the ball right into the ground. And he's someone who's in the 11th percentile for speed, so you can't be hitting the ball into the ground. And unless he fixes that and stops also flaring the ball, I think that there's just too much possible regression where he's not a top 10 catcher. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
2: Um my uh, my other honorable mention has slight probably slight bias but it's, it's Kbet Ruiz. Um I think he has the tools to be a top 10 catcher but the issue with him is he just can't hit the ball hard. Like he needs to h- find a way to he makes solid contact but he doesn't have hard contact. That's the difference and I think if he can take that step and have hard contact he can he, he will be a top 10 catcher next year or possibly by the end of the season.
1: I think he's actually close to a lot of people giving credit. Um, I think it's a reach, but I think this is an under, under the radar type of player to have a breakout season next year. Um, Just because of his analytics that I looked into, he led all of catchers in the NL on difference between Woba and expected Woba. Um, and he also led the league in average and expected average, meaning that he is just not very lucky. Um, You know, he's also not very lucky with the injuries behind the plate. He gets absolutely obliterated every game, but that's besides the point. Um, He also had an expected expected batting average of .277, um, which would actually put him second amongst qualified catchers last season. So this is a guy that has a lot of progression to make. Um, He doesn't strike out very often. Um, Obviously, the defense is lackluster, but I think it can be worked on and progressed. This is a guy that has room for improvement and I think can crack the top 10 in the next couple seasons.
0: So I'm going to disagree with the honorable mention part because i'm kind of treating this as like going into 2023 so like as of what they are right now and i don't think kebert Ruiz deserves an honorable mention for what he is at the moment i think going forward he can get there but obviously tom pointed out the defense is not great um obviously he's not striking out and whiffing a ton which is like a good thing to have it's just when you're seeing someone with that type of bad ball profile and they're not getting the high BABIP, the high, the, the expected stats aren't equaling what the actual stats are. That's not the side you want to be on. You want to be heavily outperforming the expected stats when you're a bat-to-ball type guy, like a Luis Rice, a Paul Goldschmidt, something like that. And Cabert Reese doesn't have that yet. And especially like he, Tommy did mention that his ex-WOBA had the highest difference. It still was like a barely above league average ex-WOBA. Um, so I think he can get there. I just don't think he's an honorable mention yet. That's
1: fair enough. Uh, Tom, did you have any more honorable mentions? I'm out. Are we going to start from 10 or you want to go top to bottom here? 10 um, to
0: one. I had two more honorable mentions. You have two oh, more? Okay, yeah, go I, ahead. I, go I, ahead. I, I kept two. Because
1: remember, we're also
0: going to have some that are going to be in other people's top That's 10. True. Yeah. And That's so fair. Like, I, I'm I pretty sure too. Steves has Travis Darno in his top 10, I'm assuming. I have him yeah. as an honorable mention because I just don't see the amount of time he's going to get on the plate, especially with Sean Murphy. And that's fair. Uh, and I have Jonah Heim of the Texas Rangers. Really big breakout in 2022. Mitch Garver's going to get hurt. Um, and so Jonah Heim, he did a pretty good job at the catching position last year. Um, his framing was fantastic. So honorable mention, but nothing like definitely not a top 10 catcher in baseball.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I I had I had put down um, Travis Darno, uh, obviously for the same reason that Brad said that he wouldn't add him on his top ten. He's not going to see much time on the plate, so I wouldn't really classify him as catcher. Um, but that does make me curious. Who did make the top ten for you, Brad? Because you left out one name that that I put on my list that I don't even know if Steph's put on his list. Are we gonna start at ten here? Or are you are you one more to go? I'm I got it. I'm good. Okay, so starting out at my number ten is probably my hot take, but. Um, I think it's going to be Tyler Stevenson of the Cincinnati Reds. Obviously this guy's, um, baseball savant page does not do him much justice. And this is one of, one of the few players that I actually looked at his regular stats. Um, this guy is he quietly having a good career. I mean, he's only played in what, like 190 games. He quietly has a career 823 OPS last season before his injury, got a 130 OPS plus. This is an above average bat. While also having a fantastic glove in the field, so I think Tyler Stevenson is a guy if he can come back from that collarbone injury, who can really make a dent in the league, and he's going to see a lot of innings, especially on a Reds team like this.
0: Yeah, I kind of like that pick. I was I was looking at Tyler Stevenson. It's just the injury history really concerns me. Um, when you're only playing a well, I guess 132 games is fine because they don't have the DH, but this year like he was really plagued by injuries. So I think. I should have included him in my honorable mentions category. I just think that having 50 games last season, it's really hard to see him entering as a top 10 player. Says so I,
2: I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think it, it's hard to have I, again. So six to 10 is kind of six to 10 was hard for me because there's so many guys that I could throw in there and be like, yeah, they're, they're good enough to crack the top 10, but it's hard to to distinguish between the really good catchers and the catchers that I, you think will, will be really good. Right. And I think that's where he kind of falls. Like you think he can be really good. It's just whether he can produce on the field.
0: Yeah. I think that, I think that's also like a conversation we're going to have in a little bit is I'm just hinting at something right now. Like we had a conversation in our group chat the other day about like where they are like the best catcher right now versus where we see the end of the season being, because it's very different. Yeah. And it's where people start to mesh together. Cause you also have an extremely value, extremely valuable defensive catchers with a bat, but not like anything significant. And you have very offensive catchers with not great gloves. And you kind of have to figure out what you're weighing more. Uh, Steves, who was your number 10? Number 10,
2: so I, you will see a reoccurring pattern, uh, but I had Danny Jansen. I, again, there is a lot of questions with how Toronto is going to utilize their now multitude of catchers. They have Dalton Varsho, Danny Jansen, and Alejandro Kirk. So it's a question of, of how they're going to utilize them. In my opinion, Varsho will probably go to the outfield. And then Kirk and Jansen will split time behind the dish, but we'll need to see how that plays out. Um, he's a, just a very good hitter all around. He performed very, very well last season, and I expect him to perform very well this season.
0: Um, I kind of like that. I think that I like his batted ball too much, like for him to be that low for me. I think his quality of at-bat That's is just too high. And I do think he's going to go 50-50 with Kirk. Uh, I think Varsha is going to be if one of them gets hurt and they need to eat up a seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. That's the only time Varsha may see innings behind the plate because uh, he's yeah. an outfielder. That's kind of what he is. And I, I think this is my hot take of the catchers is my number 10 was MJ Melendez of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, he, came, he was a rookie last year. He comes up with being in the 95th percentile of arm strength which hasn't translated to catching completely yet. He's in the 50th percentile for his pop time. But obviously when you're in the 95th percentile for arm strength, you can see that transferring to an increased pop time at some point. Uh, just everything about his batta ball profile last year was really good. It's then again, like the OPS, it doesn't really show. But Tom, you talked about the xWOBa woba differences. He was second. He was the 22 points of difference between regular WOBA and xWOBa. woba um high average exit velocity he's hitting the ball consistently in the barrel zone 81st percentile of average exit velocity I think he's a very good catcher going into this year and we're going to start to be a lot more familiar with who he is given this year and I think he's going to have more opportunities to catch this year
1: I mean I completely agree I mean that's a that's a perfect branch into my number nine because my number nine is MJ Melendez um if you want to talk about five-tool catchers, you know, you got the arm strength and the 95th percentile. His walk numbers are crazy, uh, top 8% in walk numbers. Uh, his splits are a little confusing. Um, hits lefties better than righties as a lefty batter. That You don't usually see that, but here's my take here. I think MJ Melendez will benefit not the most, but one of the most benefited players from the shift ban. Um, he's a very big pull hitter, and I think he's going to benefit from that ban. Um, I'm I'm kind of rolling the dice with him, but he's he has crazy upside, and I think we will see that next season. So lose. my only thing with him is that
2: I I haven't seen enough of what I want to see to have him crack my top
0: ten. Um, I kind of want to point out just to finish off Thomas' point, is that with the shift, he had a 278 woba. Without the shift, he had a 418. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that there's a lot of room for improvement there. Um, he's shifted seventy-eight point two percent of the time. So again, big big breakout candidate, but going into the season, kind of near the bottom of those top ten for Tom and I. Steves not clearly making it. Um, then kind of working down. I think he, this guy's gonna be a little bit towards the bottom of our top ten for all of us. And uh, William Contreras,
1: where do you guys have him? Um, I have met seven. Steves, where do you have him?
2: Hold on one, two.
1: Yeah, I'm at seven, too.
0: I have him at nine. Um, I just think he again will get better. I think the fall off in the second half of the season was a bit worrisome. But again, his he had one of the best wobas in baseball at a 370, which is really nice. Um, and his defense was bad. That's the only thing that kind of like I think it will get a lot better in Milwaukee. We saw that with Omar Narvaez. I just think that William Contreras. Good catcher, not up there yet.
2: I I I definitely agree with that. I think my thing of why I had him higher than nine and higher than the next two guys that I will need to talk about, um, is because I see him taking that step forward now that he has the sole possession of a catcher role in 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 Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, I think that him being in Milwaukee, it gets him away from Darno. Their backup is Victor Caratini, so it's really just going to be he gets every two or three days straight of catching and then a day off after that. Like, there's clear upside here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the Brewers did win this trade. I mean, it was a three-way trade. I think out of the three teams, the A's definitely lost the worst, but I think the Brewers won this one. They got a good bet. Uh, and I'll talk about him when when we get to him. But Steves, who is your number? Was it number nine?
2: Number nine. I had Travis Darno strictly due to him splitting time with with Sean Murphy and stuff like that. I'll see him regress. He will probably he'll probably split time with him at catcher, or he'll move to DH, or they'll find another role for him in some way. And I don't I don't want to put him higher than some of the other catchers I have on the list due to that fact.
0: I think, again, if you're looking at a 50-50 split, Darno's a top-10 catcher, but I just don't think it's going to be that high of a split. That's fair. Tom, are you on the same page with that, or are you kind of with Steph yeah, on this one?
1: I- I'm with you just because I don't know how much of the field he's going to be seeing. Um, and for this catcher ranking, I want to I want to actually see some innings behind the plate too, because um, that's one of the things that makes you a good catcher too. Yeah. Um,
0: so did, you mm-hmm. didn't have him top-10, right?
1: me travis no no
0: okay so uh so number nine okay we're kind of in that area we're in that gray area where some catchers are going to be top 10 for some people but i think we're slowly starting to work down at eight i had danny jansen stevs had him at 10
1: tom where do you have him (laughs) i had him at 11 i had Uh him at 11 yeah he didn't make my top 10 Hmm. why i think
2: i think we'll have to if we want to come to a census will need to
1: take a break at in the middle of the episode and come back and yeah Yeah, for sure and come i i think i think danny jansen confuses me because none of his percentiles are jumping out of the page yet his ops is yearly fantastic and it's i don't really know exactly what it is um and also not to mention he didn't get much playing time last year did he play a full season he hasn't played over 100 games since 2019 so it's kind of like it's gonna be like a, a guy that's not getting enough innings for me yet. Yeah.
0: I can see that. It's just you can't ignore an 855 OPS.
1: That's what I'm saying. The the OPS surprises me when you when you look at all the um, you know, you look for those red numbers, you look for the high rankings, you look for the high percentiles, and they, you don't see them, but then you see the OPS and you're like, what is causing that? And he hits um he hits dingers, but he he doesn't have enough plate appearances and I just don't have him as a big enough sample size to make my top ten. I, and I think that's. I, yeah. I completely
0: respect that. I can definitely see that from multitude of angles. Who'd you have at your number eight?
1: I had an interesting one at, at number eight. I'm not sure if he made you guys' honorable mentions or anything. And I, I feel like I might get some crap for this, but it's the big dumper. Um, did he make your guys' list? He is a lot higher on my list. Steves, is he on your list? I do not Cal- have
0: the nickname. The Cal Rally. The big dumper? No. The big I,
1: dumper? I no.
2: My, he did not make my list.
1: So he was he was number eight for me, um, and I'm just going to say this now. I could see this guy becoming the Joey Gallo of catchers. I mean, he has a career 30% strikeout rate. He hits fastballs well. He doesn't walk, but he led catches and home runs last year. He has a lot of upside. Um, wait, sorry. Did I say hits fastballs? He does not hit fastballs yeah. <laughs> very well. He, fe- he feeds on the off-speed pitches. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how pitchers are going to ad- adjust to him next season, just cause he's so young. I'm curious. Um, but this is the guy I might've been hinting at earlier. He will benefit from the shift band the most. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure he was, I think he was the fourth highest, um, in shift percentage, um, in all of baseball. Um, when hitting was left-handed like 96%. Yeah. So I think he will definitely be feeding off of that. Um, I think you'll see his hits jump up. Um, and he's just a guy with a lot of power upside too.
0: I could see he's a guy that might want to quit the switch hitting like he clearly seems better as a left-handed hitter and it might like at first there might be like a complete disadvantage left on left because he doesn't have that plate like that point of view for a little bit but there's definitely there's got to be some upside to just cutting out the switch hitting and focusing on the side where you're hitting the ball a lot better.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you saw that happen with um, Cedric Mullins, too. I mean, a lot of players drop to switch hitting, and and you see them break out on All-Stars. I could see this guy making the All-Star team next season. Um, mm. He didn't make it this year, did he? No. Yeah, but, I mean, I could see if he can get his batting average. Because on paper, you see these stats, and you're like, this guy just does not get on base. He doesn't hit for average. But then you look deeper into it. He hits the ball very hard every single time he makes contact, usually. I mean, it's, so it's kind of, a, kind of an anomaly here. But I do like him.
0: So, Sevs, you didn't have him. Was there a no. reason for that? Um, I Comparatively to the
2: other guys, I did not like him as much. I think, again, he's that guy that has, I think, upside to be on the list, but I just didn't have him on the list to, for, to start the year. So who is your number eight? Number eight, I had Christian Vasquez. I uh- really like him. I've liked him for the past couple seasons now, and I think – and he, he proved that he can play very well, even with switching teams. He was good on the Red Sox last year. He was good on the Astros last year. He's a World Series champion. And now he's going to Minnesota with what? He has, like, no competition behind the dish, like, at all. Mm-hmm. He has Ryan Jeffers and Tony Walters. So he will get a large majority of the games behind the dish and – I'm very excited to see him play in Minnesota. What do you what do you see his upside as? Like what what gets you excited about him? He hits the ball. Like he had so last year he had a 274 average um with in a 1.6 war. But I think I think he, with this Minnesota team, I think he could be a type of X Factor that that not a lot of people are are ready for I think I think he can pull out I think my thing with him is that he's just a consistent player throughout like an entire season he's a good battery and he's a good player on both sides of the field he's not going to do anything crazy he's not going to do anything show-stopping but he he is the epitome of of a good baseball player
1: I think, I think it's not the worst take. I think his value comes in the fact that he's an everyday player and he really, he plays behind the plate a lot. Um, but I think he's definitely past his peak. I think his peak was 2019, 2020. Um, just because that was when his batting average was, I mean, his, his batting profile was above average. Um, he's dropped down below that. Um, but when he was in Boston, before he got traded, he actually had an OPS plus a 109. Um, obviously it wasn't as good as when, when he got to a, when we got to Houston, but he's still an everyday catcher, um, still provides some good defense around the plate. And he does have those statistics that do appeal to um, like the above the hood. Like Brad says, if you look under the hood, you see some ugly stuff. But on the surface, this is a good player and he's an everyday player. He's consistent.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to have to fundamentally disagree with this. I don't see how you can have this guy on your list and not have Cal Rally. Um, I think that like, Cal Rally's framing metrics outperform him. Everything batted ball outperforms him. And just Christian, he's a fine catcher. He is someone that I'd be happy to have as a everyday catcher in my team, but he is by no means a top 10 catcher in baseball. There are better options across the league. Like, an honorable mention, sure, I was debating putting him there, but he's not, in my eyes, he's not a top 10 catcher in all of baseball.
1: That is a fair point, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh. All right, uh, let's bring it on to number seven. Um, I had William Contreras. Steves, you had William Contreras. Yes. Brad, who did you have at number seven?
0: Alejandro Kirk.
1: That's fair. I again,
0: good catcher. He's like, I looked at his baseball savant, and it's like, wait a second, this guy can hit, like eighty six percentile on xwoba. He doesn't strike out. He doesn't whiff. His framing is really good. He's got no pop time, probably because like he got to like take a little bit to get between those arms. Yeah. Um But like how can he not be impressed he walks more than he strikes out and honestly I might be underrating him like I don't he might be should be higher on this list but
1: yeah I mean I think Alejandro Kirk is is fantastic and I think I'm gonna mention him obviously he's in my number six spot Steves is in your number six spot nope higher Mm -hmm. oh yeah Anyways, let me let me just cover some William Contreras stats. Obviously, Brad touched on the fact that he was high in mobile, but he's top 6% in the league for that. Um, not a very good defensive catcher. Um, but I think that's mainly due to the fact that he hasn't seen that many innings, that many professional innings behind the plate. Um, so I think now that he will become an everyday catcher and in a new, completely new scene, I think that's going to be very good for his defensive adjustments.
2: Stab, do you got anything on him? For William? No, I'm, I talked about him earlier when you you talked about him.
0: Yeah, I think again we're starting to get to that area where it's kind of going to be like a consistent group of people, like Steves and Tom. You have Kirk at six. I had him at seven. Seven, excuse me. So, like, is there anything about Kirk that you saw that didn't put him above anyone else, like in top five?
1: Um, so I, I had Kirk at six. Um, I just hold on, let me, let me look out. Let me look up here. So you you look at the top five, and for the most part, their consensus, I think for the most part, although I do believe Brad switched Cal Raleigh with so- Cal Raleigh with someone here. But um, the point is I think he's a f- perfect sixth place. The thing is our sample size on Alejandro Kirk was just last season's breakout. I genuinely don't understand how a 5'8", 245-pound catcher can hit a ball 110 miles an hour. Um, incredible hitting talent. and I, I think he has the best vision of any catcher. Um, my concern is that he won't be a catcher for much longer. I think he'll turn into a DH Um just knowing how knees work and how obviously dealing with it, the, the physique is going to might, it might impact him down the road. Um, but he's an excellent framer on the plate. I didn't even notice that, but uh, I looked at his baseball. So he's actually very good at, at framing. His pop time, obviously is a little slow, but um, that's due to the physique thing. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I think, I, I think this year, I don't think there's going to be too much of a Kirk moving to DH, but like aging when he's not 23, like that's definitely like an avenue he's going to have to go down uh Stebs, who do you have at six
2: I had Wilson Contreras I had you're right there with me yeah yeah I think so for me he's a fun player to watch he is offensively probably what he offensively I would say he's probably a top 10 catcher or top five catcher but the defense I think drags him down to just below that top five um he is definitely surrounded with better talent than he was last year in St. Louis, this upcoming season. And maybe this new senior will help him
0: change and help him get better defensively. Imagine how much better the Cubs would be if they had Wilson Contreras, like That's how true. much more seriously as a contender, would you take them if they had Wilson Contreras still as the catcher?
1: Uh, they'd be a lot more be a lot better. I mean, this is a star here.
0: Yeah, and I think like being able to say that about a catcher like justifies their ability to be in an argument for a top five at a position. It's just when his framing metrics and his blocking, I know that we don't have that data specifically, but just watching games, it's not the best. It really isn't. And his bat's very good. Uh, It's, as Steph said, it's a top five bat. It's just when you have a top five bat and not a top five defense, you kind of average out a little bit below top five in our eyes. Tom, where'd you fall on him?
1: Um, we we'll go with the he higher. Ended, he ended up two spots higher, at number four. Um, but I'll cover him more when I get to there. Uh, we're on number spot number five, right? Correct. And this is where we should be starting to get into some of the guys. I'm assuming this is where you put Cal Rally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I put Sean Murphy. Um, one of this guy's player comps was literally 2022 JT Romito. Um, good company. Uh, I think he's regarded as one of the best defensive catchers in the baseball. Um, he cut down on strikeouts in the last season. Uh, I honestly think the change in scenery will, will work wonders on him. I know playing out in Oakland might be a little bit depressing. So I think the change of scenery, especially being thrown from the worst team in baseball to probably the best organization, best run organization in baseball is the best thing for him. Um, and there's a lot of upside in the bat. Obviously, the glove is great already, but there's there's so much upside in the bat that we're going to see. And I honestly, think- I'm re- I'm realizing it's it's probably a little bit too low on it. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but number five is is a decent spot for him. He'd end up at five or four for me.
2: Stiles, who'd you have at five? Alejandro Kirk. So oh, I had did. him one more in front of Tom. I think the offense and defense combination put him above Wilson Contreras in my eye eyes. And on top of that, uh, again, there the reason why I probably didn't have him higher than this was because, one, the next four catchers are literally the consensus top four catchers except for apparently in Tom's eyes. And then, um, uh, and just on top of that, he's a fun player to watch. You kind of root for guys that aren't your prototypical normal body type. He's a short stubby type of guy. And I think that's just a fun player to watch.
0: Yeah. I, I had big dumper. Um, I talked about his bad, a ball, pro, ball profile Why I really like it. I think I had a bit of bias of like, I think he's going to be very, very good this season. Um, but I think last year kind of shows what he can be. Even when he wasn't uh, per se the best catcher in baseball, he was still an above average hitter, uh, 21% above league average, above average defense, and he's putting up 4.2 war. There's not much of an argument there for that.
1: Yeah, and um, I guess I'll open up our fourth spot with my player, and then we'll start getting into the familiar faces. Uh, I picked Wilson Contreras. I think this guy has racked up a career for himself. Uh, one of the most reliable catchers in the league right now, just hitting wise at least. I, I think that Wilson Contreras is a as a super bad fielder narrative needs to stop. I think, I think he's he's decent behind the plate, and I know Steves as a part time Cubs fan does not like him, but he's been top five in pop time four times in his career. Um, he also has a great arm. It's it's just his mobility, getting the balls, blocking balls, and framing. Um, but he's not all bad. I I think that narrative is is a little bit exaggerated and i think that maybe new scenery and i think on this cardinals team that values defense far more than the cubs probably just because he has to fill the shoes of yadi i think we're going to see drastic improvements in his defense i'm not saying his defense
2: is like the bottom 10 worst i'm saying he is a 6 to 15 defensive catcher somewhere in that range so that drops him below the top 5
0: yeah, I think I have to agree with Stevs on that. Like Stevs brings up the exact point. He's if you're at number five or so offensively and you have something that drags you down, it gets you out of the top five. That's and fair. not above Sean Murphy. Yeah, that's that that one is fundamentally also incorrect. Um who who is your number four? Uh, Adley Rushman. I think
2: he is the young star young stud that I think is going to be the him and one other guy I'll talk about in a second I think have a chance to beat out the number one by the end of the season but at this point in time I don't think he's there yet I think he needs to take that next big step you have him through his rookie year his sophomore year is going to be really telling and I think however good the Orioles do is really going to be however good Adley Rushman can do.
0: I agree with that. You saw him come up last year, and the Orioles were the best team in the East from the day he came up to the end of the season. Adley Rushman in 113 games put up the second most FanGraphs catcher award. That's a. Do I have to make a further argument? He set the rookie record for Orioles for doubles. He's had a, he was 30 percent above league average in terms of WRC plus, like above average defense, above average offense. He's a star. He's exactly what he was supposed to be. Uh, I just don't think we have the consistency over multiple seasons to put him in the top three.
1: Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess of. my takes are weird. Yeah, no, uh, going into my third spot, and I haven't mentioned Adley Rushman yet, is not Adley Rushman. It's Will Smith. Um, You look at his baseball spot page, all you see is red. It's just elite across the board. Um, I think these top three batters, these top three catchers are in their own in their league of their own. you know, they're they're far above where the fourth player lays. Um, he's kind of a model for consistency too. He's very consistent. He's played three hundred six out of his three hundred and forty games behind the plate. So, um this guy is an everyday catcher. He's consistent behind the plate. He's good at everything. So this is a guy that I think can make another jump too.
0: Um, I had Will Smith at three as well. Uh, but I did not have Adley Rushman at two. Um, uh, Will Smith is number three. He's arguably the best pure bat offensive catcher. As Tom points out, he's all red across baseball savant. It's just his, his glove isn't great behind the plate, but his arm is very good. His accuracy could use a little bit of work if we're going to just talk about someone who's watched his games a lot, especially also the fact he's going to see a lot of time behind the plate because the other option is Austin Barnes who can't hit a beach ball with a bat. Uh, but he's a really good defensive catcher. But uh, Will Smith came up and he hit 16 home runs in like a month or something like crazy. It was 14 home runs in like his first 31 days. It was ridiculous in August of 2019. And he hasn't slowed down a ton. Obviously, you're going to regress a little bit from that. But when you're consistently well above league average season after season, there's a reason why people are saying he's a $200, $300 million man.
2: Yeah, that's fair, Um, but I went with Sean Murphy at three. I, again, these next three guys, uh, there are no real knocks against them in my eyes. I think I have Sean Murphy at three because he, I would have him higher, but again, he probably will split a little time with with Travis Darno and stuff like that, so I knocked him down a peg for that. But he was a very, very good catcher on a very, very bad team, So he really can only get better on a good team. Like, that's kind of
0: how I see it. Yeah, I I think Sean Murphy is arguable for number two, which is exactly where I had him. Uh, Sean Murphy is all around one of the best defensive catchers that can also hit. Um, Obviously, he's not the number one defensive catcher, but normally those guys are the guys who aren't really putting a bat on the ball at all. Sean Murphy consistently is also an above league average hitter. He was a 122 WRC plus last season. He also put up via Fangraph's defense stat 15 points, which is the second or the third highest. Uh, I don't know how much I value that, but I'm going to be honest. But I'm going to value the fact he's in the 96th percentile for pop time to second and the 84th for framing. Uh, I think that's pretty impressive, especially from a guy who's in the 80th percentile of expected Woba. Uh, there's not much more to say about Sean Murphy. He just got a huge extension from the Braves. The Braves the Braves stole him. If we're going to talk about that trade, the, the Braves stole him, which is not out of the ordinary uh, for the Atlanta Braves organization, but he's going to go to a place where he's going to have protection in the lineup. He's already a very good established catcher and he's not going to be in Oakland. Like, there, and think about it. Any time where he pops up a foul ball or something, it'll actually go into the stands. Now it won't be a football field sized foul territory.
1: I I think I think Sean Murphy's fantastic, but the problem with Sean Murphy is that I I still while I'm trying to get into baseball analytics have this casual view on him where you kind of see the fact that he doesn't have a high average. His OPS is not that high. He's a great defensive catcher, but I don't know if I can put him above a guy like Will Smith or Wilson Contreras who have proved to hit. Because I honestly think most of the value in the catcher position comes from the hitting side. And that's probably just a personal opinion just because I think the value of catcher's defense is going to go down and down as time progresses. I'm I'm just saying we've been seeing this over time. Uh, the catcher positions move more to just hitters. Brad, go ahead. I would like to
0: counter with the fact that more and more catchers that don't hit are getting jobs now. Like more and more defensive-only catchers are getting jobs on the Houston Astros. Martin Maldonado still has a job, and he's their everyday catcher because catcher's most valuable ability is to command a pitching staff and to have a good glove behind the plate. Uh, they're involved with almost every single play. Any single taken and pitch, the, the catcher has a, a capability of helping his team. Whether that be framing, blocking, or just making sure the pitcher stays in command, uh, defense for catching statistically and across the saber sabermetric community is weighed heaviest for catchers, uh, and then next shortstop and outfield or center field specifically. So having a great glove behind the plate, well being able to hit above average, is very, very valuable. Very, very valuable.
1: I think I think we're about to see like a renaissance in catchers, which is why I I, I kind of agree with you. But the thing is, if you rewind like three. Two, two years. Yeah, two years. None of these, none of these guys are here. And a lot of the catching talent in the MLB are these dominant hitters like Sean Murphy wasn't here. Kirk wasn't here. William Contreras wasn't here. Um, Cal Raleigh, you know, all these guys. It was really just JT Romuto, Will Smith, um, Salvador. I'm trying to think of the stars of like three years ago. Um, but most of these catchers weren't all these like super tooled athletes across the board. And I think that talent's kind of coming back. I mean, you can do a quick research on I'm, that. Um, I'm looking at
0: one very specific person for
1: this. Okay, and while you're looking that up, I will go over my number two, which is none other than Adley Rushman. Um, this whole ranking is, guys, the, the top 10 catchers for 2023. I think Adley Rushman will be the second best catcher of 2023. I, if you ask me, who was your second round pick in an all catchers draft, I'm picking Adley Rushman. And I'm not saying that just because he's young. I'm saying that also because... He is the biggest dif- difference maker going into the season and he's going to be consistent throughout the season. Steves so, go ahead. It's we talked about this. It's entering 2023. I'm I'm aware. What is I'm, the aware. I'm aware. He will come just, out of the gate. Because you, you said yeah, something no. completely different 2 seconds okay, ago. Okay, yeah, That's no. He will he will come out of the gate in 2023. As yep, yeah, go ahead, Brad.
0: I'd like to go back to
1: our argument very quickly. And the ahead. person I wanted
0: to pull up was Yadier Molina. <laughs> <laughs> because he was heralded as one of the best defensive catchers and he had a good bat for a little while. He had kind of he had a four, like a seven year prime, but two of those years, he was below league average hitter. But you're talking about offensive juggernaut catchers and Yadier Molina is kind of like the star of the early 2010s. He had one season where his OPS plus was over 130. I don't think that's an offensive juggernaut by any means. I think it's a juggernaut for the catcher position and he still had value. He was still able to play for all these years because his defense was so good. So I'm I'm still with the argument that Sean Murphy is the second best catcher with baseball because a his bat is solid, it's above average by twenty percent, and he can play really really good defense.
2: So yes. I think Tom's point is more, he's looking in like like kind of how the analytical thing falls. is Brad is is all analytics, Tom is m- trying to get into analytics and but still has that view of just a normal fan and then there's me at the bottom that I have no idea what analytics are right so I think Tom's point is a just kind of base level fan sees oh this guy hits the ball a lot and hits the ball far and hard like that means he's good right that's kind of what I think Tom is trying to say
1: which is wrong but I would no, me personally I would take a guy that has like a 7 out of 10 bat in a 7 out of 10 glove over a guy with a 10 out of 10 glove in a 4 out of 10 bat.
0: But that's not what we're arguing here.
1: I, I'm just saying, this is what we'll wrap it up on, because I know this will never end, but I think the highest I can put Sean Murphy is 3 or 4. I think that's the highest. I That's the absolute ceiling for me.
0: I just don't think Rushman's there yet. I think he has to prove it. Again, like he has to prove it in multiple seasons, that he wasn't just hot. I don't think he was just hot. I think he is very good. I think entering 2023, he has to prove it. And that's why I did not have him. Steves, who was your number two? Number two, I had
2: Will Smith for again, he's he coming into the season is young and can really only get better on the Los Angeles Dodgers. You that he is set up for success. And I think he will continue to succeed. He is the other guy that I think has the ability to take over the number one. And let's head straight into it. Number one, across the board, there's no debate right now. It's JT Rio Muto. He is the consensus best catcher of probably the last, what, five years? Yeah. Like, he he is amazing. He is amazing
1: defensively, offensively, base running, you name it. JT Rio Muto is good at it. I mean, he's just—he's a five-tool catcher. He is what he is what catchers want to be. I mean, he's got speed, pop time, arm strength, power, hits for average. He is consistently great, and I, I think he's arguably one of the better defensive catchers. I think top five at least. Um, right. I think Adley's coming for the throne. I think he is. But starting my twenty twenty three season, obviously, has to be Remuto in first.
0: Yeah, and he literally is the hundredth percentile for pop time. Like we see the ridiculous throws to second base. Like it's hard to have catcher highlights but he puts them up like if we're going to be honest here and when you're he's performing in percentiles and speed he stole he had a 2020 season last year he put up a ton of war i think he had what was it a six five uh fangraph four season yep six five fangraph WAR season 28 percent above league average fantastic defense obviously like it's you have to think about how you're going to weigh in postseason but he had a good postseason and there's not an argument between anyone right as of this very moment there's not an argument that will smith is better that sean murphy is better or athlete rushman is better than jt or which i completely agree we all completely agree yeah and so with that i think that wraps up our catchers and we're going to take a quick break real quick so while we were gone we kind of just wanted to break down how are we going to figure out our top 10 and so we had taken note of like where we put everyone. So there are people that received only one vote for top 10, and they happen to be in like the bottom of our list. So Christian Vasquez falls off. Tyler Stevenson falls off. Travis Darno falls off. I think it's safe to classify those guys as our honorable mentions. Uh, I think them and Sal Perez should be our honorable mentions. Are we in agreement there?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. All
0: right. And so going in at number 10, Tom and I really like this guy going in. We have MJ Melendez. Uh, number nine, Danny Jansen. Number eight, William Contreras. Number seven, big dumper, Cal Rally. Number six, Alejandro Kirk. And we hit our top five. Uh, Stebs and I fundamentally disagreed with this one, but at number five, we have Wilson Contreras. Uh, number four, we have Adley Rushman. And then top three, Sean Murphy at number three. Will Smith at number two, and then y'all knew this one. J.T. Romuto at number one. Anything on this list shock you guys?
1: No, not at all. Honestly, Danny Jansen making the list um, just um, just kind of caught me off guard, just because it was unanimous that he would be in the what eight spot or nine spot. It was. We had them. Stephs didn't vote for him. Okay. No, no,
2: no. I had him. I didn't. I had him at ten. I had had him at ten, and and Brad had him at eight, so that falls to nine.
1: Yeah. Other than that, though, all the familiar names on here, it's just a matter of what order you're going to see them in. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, all the names are right. And not at too, right now. Yeah,
0: I think that's the best part is that it accurately represents what the catchers are heading into next season. Yep. Um, I'm pretty pleased about that. I am as well. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Podcast. We'll be back next week with more power rankings and another draft. If you want to interact with us at all, be sure to follow us on Twitter or TikTok. We'll be also uploading shorts from this or a couple airs that we have on our YouTube page. All social media links will be in the description below wherever your podcasts are. If you have any suggestions, please consider leaving them below. Please consider leaving a rating. Share this with a friend, and we will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Do you?